0: Hey, if you're invested in the Las Vegas mayoral race, and really we should all be, you're going to want to check out the Nevada Independent Mayoral Forum on Wednesday, May 15th at the Fountain Blue. The Indy CEO, John Ralston, will be moderating a live panel with the three frontrunners. You know, it could get spicy, so don't miss it. Tickets are available at thenevadaindependent.com events. And as a bonus for CityCast Las Vegas members, we've got two pairs of tickets we're giving away tonight. So make sure to join at membership.citycast.fm if you haven't already. Co-host David Figler said it best at our live show. If you've lived in Las Vegas for a while you're probably familiar with the kind of grief that comes from finding a restaurant or cafe that you love and then seeing it close. But Vegas is always growing. Inevitably, a new place comes along and sometimes it's actually good. So today on CityCast Las Vegas, David and friend of the pod, Brent Holmes, talk about their favorite extinct restaurants and the new ones they go to now to get the dishes they love. It's Thursday, July 6th. I'm Vogue Robinson, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about.
1: Brent Holmes, welcome back to CityCast Las Vegas. Oh, it's
2: a a privilege and a pleasure, of course.
1: So Brent, why do you think that we here in Las Vegas get so attached to restaurants and mourn them when they're gone?
2: Well, Las Vegas is a transient city to begin with, and I think if you're here for kind of a long haul, 10 or 20 years, you start discovering dining out in the city at a certain point, and those early favorites become really, really important. And then regrettably, inevitably, the thing you fall so passionately in love with disappears. Yeah, yeah, and and Brent, I don't
1: know, and as, as we're both very long time Las Vegans, and I don't know if this is true anymore, but it used to be a a deal of gratitude when a new place would show up that really captured your attention to the point of admiration, and then devotion, and then of course grief when when it it finally or inevitably closed
2: well i don't know if anything is as sacred as it used to be it used to be like oh look at this precious little gem and we'll never get food that good again in this town so we better support it and love it and go there every weekend and exactly and now i think that there's so many excellent options for cuisine that it doesn't feel um dangerous. The hurt's not as deep. It's not. It's just simply not. Because there's
1: going to be something good. We assume now that's going to come, but it doesn't diminish the fact that we do get nostalgic for a lot of places that have been. So let's talk about a few of our favorite restaurants that have closed in Las Vegas, but let's do a little twist on it, right? I'm going to ask you to tell us where we can fill the hole in our heart and find a Almost as good replica of the dishes that were missing. What's first on your list?
2: Uh, let's start with a recent uh, one. Let's start with Pots. Rest in peace. This, like, they were an amazing vegan Egyptian cafe with incredible options. They kind of did an Egyptian street food thing, but they had like really, really luscious date milkshakes but of course they were almond milk or oat milk or whatever and they had just bomb 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 falafel and they would floor me every time I go in it was cozy it was a nice comfortable place it felt like home the owner was almost there every other time I went in and and she was also just so terrific to interact with and it really was a great thing for the vegan community and also just exceptional. Uh, And really great Mediterranean food. Just incredible.
1: Okay. And so where would your, I don't know, analog to that be today?
2: I mean, technically they've been around as long, if not longer, but Amina Cafe, they make a great chickpea falafel. It should be noted. Egyptian falafel is made with fava beans, whereas other Mediterranean falafels are typically made with chickpeas. So you're not going to get the exact flavor you got at pots, but Amina Cafe is pretty gold standard for quality Mediterranean food. They make beautiful, light, fluffy, intensive falafel. Uh, it, they're kind of a perfect bite, and I've been going there for as long as I've been going to Pots, if not longer. So, and that's Amina over there on uh, Charleston and Decatur, yeah. Yeah, Charleston and Decatur, right there. Yeah,
1: it's funny that your first pick was uh, Mediterranean food because that's mine too. And I have a different one and a different sort of replacement, which is interesting. So there used to be this f- hole in the wall. And when I say hole in the wall, I mean really a hole in the wall. Uh, so we're talking circa 1998, 99, somewhere around there. A spot called Cave de Roy opened up in the lobby of the Oasis Adult Motel on Vegas Boulevard. This was a one-man show. It was a... Um, Lebanese man who had spent his career as a UPI reporter who traveled around the world, including Argentina, and he had all his family recipes and he would go. He didn't drive, so he had a friend drive him to California to go to farmer's markets every weekend and he'd come back with a stock of stuff. And so you'd see hanging eggplants inside this little space and he would make homemade kibi, and he would make labja and um, just all this amazing stuff. He had a rose-infused iced tea. Uh, he had uh, homemade baklava and cheesecake. Kibi is a mixture of ground beef and bulgur, which is that cracked wheat. Uh, it's stuffed with onions and pine nuts and has all these wonderful spices. I, I've been looking high and low for a great kibi since then. And the the kibi I've Sort of found um,
2: is over at Hadari's, I
1: and mean, it's not exactly the same as kind of sitting down with the owner and playing, getting
2: schooled in backgammon. That's that's always so important when when you really fall in love with a restaurant, and then you start to get to know the people that run the place. Yes, and that's when it becomes, you know, you become part of the community. They become part of your community, and and that's a hole in your heart you can never really fill. But but that's I as an aside. That's one of the things that makes having favorite restaurants, places that you really, really love, so special,
1: right? Oh, yeah. So, Brent, what's uh, number two on your list?
2: Uh, number two, uh, maybe the biggest hole in my heart, is the High nice Chicken over at Flock and Fowl. Flock and... Oh. I know. Flock and Fowl, whether it was the tiny little hole in the wall on Sahara that they had, or when they transferred over to... Um, Ah the, the Ogden. Yeah. Um, for for maybe a slightly more upscale digs. It wasn't just um the high nice chicken. Every single dish that Sheridan Sue put out was beautifully constructed, incredibly well thought out. And he really had that magic touch. He mm-hmm. and his wife Jenny became a big part of uh people that I love in Las Vegas, but the quality of the food was always so high. And so incredible. And that Hainese chicken was was I, I'm gonna use the term dank here. I mean it was some pretty oh, wow. dank chicken for, you know, really essentially what is a place of rice and chicken. Those guys hit it out of the park every time and and became major, major local favorites. And uh, regrettably, it didn't last.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on Flock and Fowl, uh, just as simplistic as that is, it was always so great. And I remember also getting that with this amazing sort of scallion garlic uh, sauce that went on it.
0: And I've been trying
1: to find that flavor sensation anywhere else. So where do you go missing flock and fall, Brent? Uh, I mean, what what could possibly match
2: that? Some part of my heart is weeping because there is no genuine answer. On the other hand, if I need a good high knees chicken rice, I can go over to the Banana Leaf Cafe and uh, they, they, they do it right. It's quality Malaysian cuisine. They also make some really nice curries. It's right there on Spring Mountain in Shanghai Plaza and everybody, everybody loves it over there these days and they make an excellent, excellent chicken rice. Is it the same as flock and fowl? No, but it's certainly a great representation of that dish and the flavors mm-hmm. that you're looking for.
1: Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas's most talked about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, EDO, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist, Steve Kessler from Aroma.
2: All right, what's your next one, Brent? Um my next one's a little off off the beaten path. Out in North Las Vegas there was a great kind of greasy spoon drive-through called Megatoms and they were just a stone's throw down from the now non-existent Texas Station and I would ride Everything goes, Brent. Everything, Everything goes. I, I, even giant casinos. Even giant cas- I know, David, but uh some anyway. Uh, (laughs) 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 anyway um megatoms was like literally a hole in the wall it was a little slice of nothing but they made a breakfast burrito that was just to die for and a killer salsa and Mm. at i would get up in the morning and i'd run errands and if i was on that side of town every time it was my favorite i don't know it, it was something between the way they composed their eggs and the cheeses that they used and that little extra kick of the salsa that they incorporated that just was heavenly and just just sent me over the edge every single time. They disappeared during the pandemic like so many other wonderful little spots. And so now I have a two-part solution to that hole in my heart. The one-part solution is go over to Filipitos. They are a great, um, Mexican restaurant, The my favorite one's over on Tropicana and Maryland Parkway, right there on the corner, okay. and they make an incredible breakfast burrito, they make an amazing chili relleno burrito, the price is right, it's fully loaded, it's not quite the same flavors, and the salsa is definitely very different, but I absolutely adore what they do. If you are feeling a little bit more adventurous or up for a drive, Mega Tom's was actually part of a chain called Tom's Burgers from California. Oh. And I had no idea. Yeah. And Tom's Burgers, there is one in Barstow. And they make the exact same breakfast burrito with the exact same salsa that I love and crave on a regular basis. And but that's a little bit of a it's hike. It's a bit of a hike. It's a bit of a hike. But, you know, when we just for breakfast, when we talk, yeah, <laughs> I know. But if you're on your way to LA and it's early in the morning or late in the afternoon and you're feeling yourself, I really do recommend to stop through uh, because I, you know, I, I'd hate to see that place disappear that would be my solution for Megatoms. Dave, Dave, what about you, man? What are you what are you like really missing?
1: Well, I'll tell you, you know, I was thinking about all the dearly departed places and Brent, I'm telling you, I could do a list of 20 or 30 places in, in as long as I've been here that just aren't around anymore that I super duper miss. One always comes to mind and that is Rosemary's. Oh, do you remember Rosemary's oh,
2: over on Sahara? David, that's Rosemary's like, there were very few culinary names that are hallowed in these halls up here in, uh, in inside of the Brent Homes. But um, Rosemary's was a special, special place, especially at a time when you really couldn't find dining of that quality in this city. Certainly not off the strip, certainly not community based and. That place that place turned into family for me. I don't know about you, but but
1: yeah, I, I think so, too. You know, I, I think it was like, if not the first, definitely one of the first prominent situations where a chef, uh, in this case, Michael Jordan, who was trained on the strip over. He was over at Emerald Legacy's New Orleans Fish House uh, at the MGM for a long time. And then they just like, you know what? We love this community. We're going to go in. We're going to open up a place that that brings our food to the fore. We always used to sit at the bar, uh, which is like my favorite thing to do, and just go into that menu. And that menu is pretty consistent, yes. right? But one of the things that I love so much on that was they had this arugula and Granny Smith apple salad that was on top of dry aged carpaccio beef. The the killer diller in that was this Maytag blue cheese with candied walnuts, and there was like a little port wine drizzle on it. I mean, this I, was the can, dish of dishes. I
2: can taste it right now, David. You that right? was that was a hell of a salad, and I I almost feel like it's an insult to refer to it as a salad.
1: Right. I mean, it was carpaccio, which was not my jam until Rosemary's. I, I have an equivalent uh, both in experience and like the whole thing, and as probably an obvious to a lot of people, but it's Esther's. It's the Esther's location downtown, right there off of, you know, Main Street and California. And, you know, the whole idea of, of James Trees, who came off the strip as well, like gets into the community, sitting at the bar is the great experience, engaging with the bartenders. And while they have a seasonal menu and it changes all the time, right now they have an Aussie Wagyu beef carpaccio and, you know, it's really interesting. It, it's different, obviously, from the rosemary's. It, it is charred and pickled mushroom and uh, basil aioli and a, a, a heaping of McGrath mustards. Yes. You know, so definitely taking carpaccio to another level. I, I do have a very similar experience that feeling of family, that being in your special place, that sort of lineage taken to a new level in Las Vegas. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think everyone will miss Rosemary's who got to experience it. But Esther's is definitely that kind of like, OK, we're going to be all right here in Las Vegas.
2: You know, I was just thinking that we're really, really so lucky to be in the era We are. We have incredible well thought out kitchens from chefs that are willing to take that risk and hop off the strip and serve their community rosemary's was absolutely the forerunner in that and now you can you can throw a rock and hit kind of uh, a a really cool project by a local chef and you know something like main street provisions just up the street and esters also took that big risk and doing it downtown and now i really want to go because like my tummy's growling and anyway yeah
1: yeah, my tummy's growling too. And my brain is is reeling from nostalgia. All right. I think we got time for one more break. Last one. So, last one. What's the last one that you miss? And what's the uh the place that you go to now?
2: I mean, the last one has gotta be in the historic West Side, the seven Seas. And I don't know if you ever made it over there, David, but that was I did. Man, I did. The seven seas. That was there. That was a legend place for a long time. Legendary, right? And and I I they 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 shuttered uh, I I think over five years ago now, but I, I still miss the fried catfish. It 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 was it was the place to go. And if you if you immigrated to Las Vegas from anywhere where soul food was part of the culture, the seven seas was the reliable source for those flavors. Everything from like just perfectly smoked barbecue to a prime rib sandwich that kind of like beat you over the head with flavor to <laughs> and notably really relatively inexpensive place to go um yeah it yeah. really a service community but of course my favorite thing there was the fried catfish which is just mm. uh you know a, a deep cut of soul food eating and and nobody did it like them nowadays there's a lot more soul food there are a lot more great options there's a lot more food In North Las Vegas and on the historic West Side in that area. So I mean, since the Seven Seas is no longer with us, I can pretty strongly recommend Grits Cafe. They're over on Lake Mead and MLK, and they do a killer chicken and waffles. They they do you know Mm. that that like stick to your ribs, real food. But (laughs) the fried catfish there, it is fresh and poppin. Light and delicious and completely fulfilling. And now, like my brain is literally like, you know, if you get in the car, you can be there in fifteen minutes. And uh oh, am I gonna no, lose I mean, you right I now? might head out. I might just have to go over to Grits Cafe for breakfast. It's it's early enough in the day. I love nothing more than like some scrambled eggs and some fried catfish uh, on a plate together. Um, wow. But yeah, that's that's the grits is a real one. They've been around forever. And as much as um. You know, I missed the Seven Seas. It was also uh, towards the end. There, not maybe the most. There's a little wel- rundown. It was yeah, not maybe the most welcoming place. So, um, Grits keeps it, yeah. you know, pretty high and tight, and and that's that's respectable on a, on a different level too.
1: You know, one theme, and, and it's not for all the places that we mentioned, but you know, quite a few hole in the walls, which is really not as prevalent as it might have been in in Vegas past, but. I'm also hopeful with this conversation that the sting isn't going to last as long or be as hard, I think, as we mentioned, because there are so many interesting folks bringing so many different and interesting sort of foods to our valley. And uh, and that's something to celebrate.
2: Absolutely. And we really do have a great culinary scene to celebrate at this point. Folks, get out there and eat, please. And like, create those memories, create that nostalgia. And sometimes things you love are going to fade away, of course, but build build those things because you're not just building a rapport with you know your friends and your family on places that you like to eat but you're building a rapport with those restaurateurs and with the culture and the community at large yeah
1: here here well brent holmes per usual always fun talking about food and culture and all the points in between with you here on city castle Las vegas thanks for joining us today
2: oh thank you david i really appreciate it i love uh talking about anything with you
0: Before you go, a few things you should know. More than 100 fires were reported across the valley yesterday after the 4th of July, with one causing an internet outage in East Las Vegas. This is why we can't have nice things, y'all. As of Wednesday, all fireworks are illegal again in Clark County. Also, back in May, Governor Lombardo signed a bill that makes it a felony to threaten and intimidate election workers. This is in response to the intense harassment that poll workers have recently faced. Now, four previous election observers have filed a lawsuit to block it. We'll see if it gets any traction. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Do you have a favorite restaurant or coffee shop that is now closed? Tell us about it. And if you found a semi-replacement, Text or call us at 702-514-0719. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Take care.
1: Sure. So you do a loop through the outlet mall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. yeah, get yourself a go into the McDonald's station. Yeah, go, go and then the... uh, shoot on back home. Yeah, or or you... maybe buy some lottery tickets. Get, get definitely buy <laughs> some lottery tickets. This time you're gonna win. I promise.